Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Fun crazy, not creepy crazy. The Riley and Kimmy Show. You have chosen wisely. Hello, kiddies. Your old pal here, the Joker. Talking to you about Riley and Kimmy. When I'm not out trying to kill the Batman, I like to sit back with a nice Chianti and listen to Riley and Kimmy. I might kill them. <laughs> the Riley and Kimmy Show on location. We went in our Batmobile, headed south for us to Kissimmee, Florida. We're at the Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee, and I am Patrick Riley. Right next to me is a traveling companion, the one who rode shotgun in the Batmobile, my version of Robin, or maybe Catwoman. Here is Kimmy. Yes, and we actually found it. We actually found Kissimmee. Yeah. <laughs> no, we actually found Coliseum of Comics. Great store. It's the first time we've ever been in here. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And right next to us, sketching away, we're peeling him away from all the crowds, is a fantastic artist. I'm going to let Kimmy introduce him. Yes, it is the Sean Surface, the designer of our new logo. That's right. Sean designed our brand new logo. I'm going to officially, you know, with you next to me, say thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Well, thank you. Oh, oh, I thought you wanted me to say thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you to you, Sean, for designing our logo. Oh, well, thank you for letting me do it. And they look great, by the way. And real soon, we'll have T-shirts for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Just don't, just don't have a target in the back. I'll be all right. No, no, no. I'm the one that wears the target. It's, it's me. Words that say "kick me here" or something like that. Right. I'm the one that always wears the target, not, not you. <laughs> now, Sean is a very gifted artist in the Orlando area, based in the Orlando area, and. We've talked about you in the past on the Riley and Kimmy show. Kimmy right now is going through your portfolio. and Watch out, there's some naughty pictures in there. I'll be nice. <laughs> I, I saw a daredevil in there that looks just gorgeous. Oh, thank you, thank you. That's, I'm a, that's, a, that's the, Wally Wood, the Wally Wood version of it. Uh, before, before that, he had a rather loud yellow shirt and a big D in the middle of it. It looked like it was designed by a, a, a person with bad sight. So, but uh, when Wollywood came around, he redesigned it, which gave us the, the classic all red outfit that's now it's normal today. So, yeah, what you have there reminds me because I, you know, I collect and read even as a kid the reprints of the early years of Daredevil, like you're talking about. But I'm my big bulk is like the '70s, mid up to the mid '70s to maybe late '70s of Daredevil, yeah. and I love that, and I see that look right there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 I, I like to mimic other people's work to a point. People I really admire. I still haven't really been able to pull off Mobius yet, and he's a big inspiration to me as an artist. But yeah, I, I, I see a certain uh, like one of my favorite Marvel characters is the Thing, oh. and. Um, in my opinion, there's only two artists that pulled it off right. That was, of course, uh, the, the King, Kirby, right, and then John Byrne. And, okay. uh, and, uh, and I kind of leaned a little towards John Byrne because he, he made the thing look so natural. Like you believed that that guy would walk around and you, you believed in what you saw. And the way and it's hard to make the thing look like he's pliable, that he can maneuver. Right, right. And Byrne pulled it off like that. I mean, I, like, I love Kirby's work, too. I was a little slow admirer of his. It took a while for people to admire the King's work, but it has a very distinctive style. You can see something a mile away. It's like, oh, that's King. 
Furby did that. Wow. So, but uh, yeah, it, my favorite Marvel DC or my bar, my favorite Marvel character is the thing. My favorite DC is a Batman. So and uh, Batman, I, I I go with Marshall Rogers, Neil Adams, Jim Aparo, uh, the late great Jim Aparo. And there's a lot of these guys I've never met. There's a lot of guys. I would have liked to have met and talked to, and unfortunately, they have passed away. And of course, uh, Mr. Uh, Trimp had passed away recently, who did a great run on the Hulk. Yes. And a lot of these guys are getting older, and uh, it's just a regret of mine. You, you, I go to cons where a lot of these guys are at, and I just never had the chance to meet them. Or I, I was glued to my table, and I couldn't walk away from my table. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, it's like when we had a chance, and at least three times, and I always said, "I'm going to go get a, you know, a, a signing or a sketch from." Uh, Dick Giordano, and I never did that, and the and I, I regret that to this day. And the and the, the and I hate calling them old guys, but the, uh, uh, Silver Agers. There we go. That sounds a little better. Nicest damn people you ever meet. I mean, they're 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 not overly critical. I showed my stuff when I first started doing tables. I showed them around, and I went to the older guys first because because ah. in, in my opinion they got more experience. They're, I've heard they're a lot nicer. I I showed my stuff first to Marty Nodell, who uh, co-created Green Lantern. And then there was a Harry Lampert who co-created The Flash. And, it's, and I went to them because they're a little more easier to access. They didn't have great lines of room because, honestly, a lot of people were younger. They didn't know who they were. So I showed myself and said, oh, this is great. How long have you been working in comics? I said, well, I don't really work in comics. Yet. I said, are you kidding me? How old are you? You know, and, then, and they had their wives with them. Their wives wow. were usually their managers or they represented their stuff. And just the nicest people I've ever met. So. And these were folks that are up in the years, and I'm sure it's tough work on them. Uh, moving around all over, you know, state to state, but they were always um, fair, honest on their opinions, and they're uh, like they like to talk to the fans and fellow artists, especially the young guys. And I wasn't very young then; I was in my thirties. Really? So I'm a I'm a late bloomer because most artists are um, kind of anal retentive. They 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 usually don't aren't happy with their work. They're perfectionists by nature. I've thrown whole pages of artwork away because I wasn't happy with one thing on it. Oh, get out of here. Oh, that, that one's eyes are too small. That, I can't do this. I'll throw it in the garbage. Now, <laughs> I'm going to ask you this. Not to interrupt you, I'm just curious because you made me think of something. Do you consider yourself a cartoonist, a comic book artist, or artist, or illustrator, is or all the above? All the above. Artist, artist is a term that generalizes everything. Uh, a ballerina is an artist. Uh, a, a, music, a musician is an artist. Um, it defines the whole thing. Of course, specifics. Uh, I've been doing the comics uh, stuff or pop art uh, for the last twenty years because I like doing it. I, I always, I always like comics. I'm not, I'm not the greatest reader of comics, which will surprise some people. I work in the business, but I don't read that much because I'm a TV guy. But you know, <laughs> that's another story. Well, what I was going to ask is. I remember reading uh, the autobiography on Charles Schultz, and it came out oh, probably three, four years ago. And it was talking about when he was a kid, you know, he drew crazy all the time, anything, just drew, drew, drew. And he was influenced by comic strips in the day because they were bigger than comic books at that time period when he started out. Yeah. And he wanted to be a cartoonist. But the problem was he'd always make mistakes, and he'd get upset, and he'd tear them up and, you know, throw them away. His family took him to a showing of comic strips in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And he saw the original artwork up, and there was basically whiteout for the day over errors. And he yeah. saw that, and he realized that he could do this. He didn't have to throw all that art away. Yeah. He, could, he just did little, little repairs. And especially the day, you can do uh, with digital 
inking and digital drawing. Yeah, there's no need to throw away originals unless the whole page is crap and you're not happy with it. And believe me, I've done that too. And uh, I've done I've done stuff like the the prints you see here or cover work. And I'll get to the point where I'm inking it. And once I get it inked, I'll do I go through all the trouble. I'll look at it and I'll study it. And I said, oh man, I could have done that so different. And I'll throw it away. Wow. And, and it really takes me off is that I went through the trouble of inking it, which takes me longer. And that's the final image you see before you color it. So you got to be a little more perfected on the inking because it's the last time you're really going to touch the art until you color it. And uh, you put in all that work, and then it's like, damn, I messed that up. And I have to do it over again. Now, when we were talking about you not really reading comic books now, but when you were a kid, did you read them as a kid? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, was, I was a normal, somewhat normal child. I, uh, now, you and I are about the same <laughs> age. And when we were... A lot younger, by the way. Uh, yeah. Don't uh-huh. anything. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Anyhow, we're about the same age. And in that era, when we were little kids, you could, for, I believe it was 60 cents, get 100 pages of DC back issues. Oh, yeah. You know, and the, the, the reprints... And I would try to uh, mimic those artists in that art. Was there anybody that influenced you or a certain character that you were trying to, you know, just that was your your obsession? Well, as a, like I said, uh, my favorite characters, uh, I was a big Batman junkie uh, and, a, and a Fantastic Four fan. Uh, but uh, I tried to, uh, I really admired John Romita Sr.'s work. I think, Spider-Man. Yeah, yes. I, think, I think he's the, 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 um, the quintessential. There, I'm searching for the big words. Got work. I'm only a high school grad, so I got to work on it. Uh, the quintessential Spider-Man artist. Yes. Uh, his son did a great run. In fact, his son, uh, John Jr., drew just like his dad at first. He mimicked his father's style to perfection. Then he gradually got into his own style, and it, it's great in its own right. And uh, he's got the, his own unique look to it. And the same goes with um, Batman. I, I guess like. I caught on with the Neil Adams age. That's when I started really getting into Neil, uh, Neil Adams' artwork because he just had a, uh, a more gothic style to his. His man bat and, of course, his dead man. Oh, yeah, dead man was great. And my, my favorite artist in the business is uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Wow. He does a lot of uh, marketing for DC. He's, he's strictly a DC guy. Uh, I think he's got a lifelong Pope-like contract with DC. They said, no, you can only quit when you die, sir. Um, but if you ever see any toys in the store, in the packaging, you'll see a picture of the character. Nine times out of ten, it's a Jose Luis Garcia Lopez um, uh, illustration. He also did a run uh, on Atari for us, which is a series of comic books based on the, the video game system, which was a science fiction thing. And he had a great science fiction epic called Twilight. And oddly enough, it didn't sell well because people, it was a little complicated for his story. But his art's amazing. I, I highly recommend anybody who's never heard of the man, check it out. So it's Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. He's got four names. He's that big. Wow. And, and uh, it's just a lot of, and I'm still mourning Mobius' death. Oh. I mean, uh, Gene Garrod was a huge inspiration. My stuff don't look nothing like his. But as, just as an artist, he inspired me to do a lot, and he did all that metaphysical-type uh, stories for uh, heavy metal over the years. He influenced and did a lot of illustrations for movie pre-productions like The Fifth Element. A lot of that stuff you see in Fifth Element is by design from uh, Mobius, a lot of the characters that were uh, the, the clothing. 
And there's another uh, artist, there's a friend of Moby's, there's another French, well-known French artist named Messier. He did a lot of the external work, like the, okay. the way the city looked and all that. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, people would admire my stuff, and I'm happy that, but but it blows me away because I'll see a, I'll see an illustration, and it's a man that makes me sick. Oh. <laughs> that tells me I gotta work more on this crap. Wow. So. Well, first of all, thank you for the sketch you gave us of the classic 1966 Batman, Catwoman, and Robin together, and we'll have a, a picture of that on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. I really appreciate that. You totally floored me with that one. Well, it's the least I can do. You guys have been great supporters of my stuff and for me, and uh, I had no problem doing it. It, it. it surprisingly came out easier than I thought it would. I, I gave you, you, I think you asked about 48 hours ago what I wanted, yeah. and it's in my hands now. I am amazed. It's beautiful. How do I explain it? Um, like I said, I had no problem drawing Batman. I can't, wow. And I like... There's two things I like drawing a lot of, women and monsters. Well, you know what? One of those things I'm going to ask you to draw here. I'm going to pay for a sketch here in just a moment because I know you're sketching here. I'm going to ask you for a semi-obscure character from Marvel. Right? But before we get to that, tell me a little bit about Mandy, your upcoming project, and it's about to uh, come into print. Well, Mandy, it's um, it's a mini series. It's a it's a an all ages fantasy series, and it centers on a young twelve year old girl named Mandy Jacobson, who was rescued, or discovered and rescued out of the Crystal River here in Florida. Of course, Crystal River uh, is well known for its manatee population and its great fishing and all that. It's a beautiful place, and uh, she's just not like any other girl. She's very special. It's because she's not a human being, although she looks human in nature. She's actually a uh, a creature called a nereid. Nereids are pretty much sea nymphs from Greek mythology. And of course, there'll be a lot of comparisons with the little mermaid. The thing is, she doesn't have a tail, she just has legs. And um, she can communicate with fellow sea creatures. She has amazing strength for a tiny, a tiny person. And she swims like a dolphin, she swims like, like lightning. And um, it's all, uh, the series takes place in one year of her life, very important year as most 12 and 13 year old girls will attest to and uh, it's not just that though it's her surroundings she's, she has some things she's got to get situated in her life and the, that was the biggest challenge because I'm not only drawing this I'm writing it it's the first uh, big project that I'm writing on and that was a challenge in its own right because I've never been a girl and I can't remember the last time I was a 12 year old Uh-oh. so yeah it, I had to I had to uh, wing it a little bit here and I've actually talked to uh, some little girls, you know, with their parents, because else I'd be having the cops call on me. But, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, these are these are friends. These are kids of friends of mine, so they know what I was doing. And I just ask them questions of what it's like in school today. Try to get updated. Uh, so what's it like being a twelve-year-old girl? <laughs> okay. A, and so would you like some ice cream? And so no, no, no. And so don't, don't ask that. Sean Surface, we're talking to right now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just—it's a pretty simple story. She's not a superhero, although she's gonna she's gonna do uh, she's gonna illustrate her powers in the, during the run of the series because um, her she has an extended family that, which mainly consists of a pod of manatees, and she's always looking out for them, and it raises awareness of the, of, the, of what manatees go through uh, with outboard motors and people okay. that zip through. That'll be addressed, and bullying in school, which takes apart because even though. She has the ability to, to, to disguise her um, appearance like an octopus would. Oh, uh, okay. Because in her natural environment, she's kind of greenish and uh, blue hair. 
and she's got fin fin like membranes on her extremities. And but when she gets out of the water and she hangs out at school, she goes to school just like any other kid. She can um, change her appearance where she looks like an average kid. The membranes disappear. Uh, that kind of sounds weird. The membranes disappear. The fins disappear. That sounds better. Okay. And her coloring can change, so she won't be green. Her, she actually changes her hair color, too. It just morphs into red, so she's a red-haired, a ginger. Wow. And um, But the thing is, she can't change. She has only four fingers on each hand, and she's got pointed ears. Okay. So that kind of stands out, and she gets picked on for that. But she's a very strong individual, and she hangs out with some friends of hers that have... Quirkiness. Oh, our best friend's name Isabel. She's tiny and she has glasses, so she gets picked on sometimes. And she's the only one that knows her secret. Okay. So, so they're they're pretty tight. And her her the man that discovered her is a fellow named Henry Jacobson. He's a he's a uh, professor, and he's doing a study on the West Indies manatee. That's how he came upon her. Okay. And discovered her in the Crystal River. So, but yeah, um, the first issue will be coming out this July. I was trying to crank it out fast enough to get it ready for, for free comp week day, but I just wasn't able to no, get No, 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 no. Take your time. Get it right. Oh, yeah. It, it, the, the, first, the first book's the most important, and this is my baby. I want it to come out uh, as perfect as perfect as possible. And uh, like I said, the tricky part is reading it, or reading it. The tricky part is writing it. The tricky part with reading it comes later. But it's, I, I tried to make it simple that anybody can follow it, even four-year-olds. So. Well, I, I know you got some customers waiting for you to talk to you, talk to the famous Sean Surface here. Yeah. I'm going to put an order in here with you. Are you ready? Now, here is the character I'm going to ask for. It's Morbius the Living Vampire. Yeah, Michael Morbius, yeah. Yeah. The guy who uh, you know tried to save himself and then ended up in becoming a vampire. Yeah, it kind of backfired on him. He was, he was, he was uh, suffering from a rare, rare blood disorder. I can't remember the life of me who cr created the character, but uh, I remember buying the first issue. It was actually a, uh, I, I want to say it was a horror by night or something like that. Some kind of one of Marvel's old horror uh, books series. And I think that's where Morbius first showed up. And I got and said, oh, that looks like an interesting fella, chalk white. Looks kind of vampire-ish. Oh, it says vampire. So. And I was really uh, interested in it. And I liked it. Um, the way that Moon Knight looked until oh, I found yeah. out, until I kind of found out he's a Batman clone. But you know that's another story. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I was really into the Marvel at that time period: Werewolf by Night, the Monster Frankenstein, and Tomb of Dracula. Fact, yeah, the funny thing about Werewolf by Night is the guy's name is Jack Russell, that's like right. the damn dog, that's the, right. the terrier. That's right. Which is hilarious. And if you love the old school art of the seventies. Dracula lives. I say, check out those black and white issues. Yeah, Gene, yeah, uh, Gene Colan really made that that series work. Uh, it's another great artist, a very very distinctive style. He had a, he had a very sketchy look to his his work, and uh, it's another another great guy that I unfortunately never got to meet, and he's no longer with us. A lot of, a lot of great artists that are no longer with us, and uh, it's just it's just life. But uh, I'd recommend this to anybody who goes to conventions and shows. Look these guys up. Uh, they're the older fellows, the Silver Age guys. There's still a few Golden Age guys out there, and there's even uh, uh, the female artists that, that's rare. It's, 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 they're getting a little more popular in recent years. Uh, uh, Trina Robbins, uh, Amanda Connor, uh, and, and many more. Just check them out and seek these folks out. I can guarantee you the lines won't be as long as some of the more popular artists, and you get to actually chat with these guys 
and asking them questions, check out their work. They always have prints on there. Sometimes, if you're real lucky, they'll have original artwork on their table, and you get a chance to get some of this stuff. And um, I got a I got a huge Iron Man piece from George Tusco. And he did a long run on Iron Man and the Avengers. And he's not a very well-known artist, but he had, a, again, a very distinctive style and one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. And uh, I was very lucky that it's a huge piece. It's like the size of my banner here. Oh, wow. And it's Iron Man taking on a Titanium Man. And he's like, nice. Iron Man blew out of one of his legs. You see chunks of metal and wiring coming out. So it's very detailed. Now, I'm going to ask you, before I turn you loose here, should I free you from Morbius and have you do Space Ghost instead? I've always heard Space Ghost is actually a hard one to draw. To, because of the, even, it's so minimal, it's hard to actually get where it looks like what you saw on the screen. Well, he's actually, he's, he's got a very minimal and simple outfit. Um, Morbius is a little more detailed. Uh, he's got more stuff on, but it's, in, in its own right, it's a little simple, too. It's pretty much a blue and a, a, with a red uh, high collar. And, uh, and his arms are bare. And Space Ghost, is, he just has a weird-shaped cape. Okay. That's, that's the really thing I only did. And, and his chest insignia is kind of a diamond shape. And uh, it's pretty cool. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, doing a Space Ghost print later in the year. Nice. Where Space Ghost meets aliens. Oh, oh. Uh, so I got the whole scene in my head how I want to do it. He's got the kids. He's got Jace and... Uh, Jan, right? Jan and Jace and that damn monkey. And they, they, they come on the short end of the encounter. Let's put it, let's hey, put it that way. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> You're a mean man. So face huggers and chest bursters will be in, in, in demand on the scene. Well, since you're going to do that print, I'm going to hold you to the Morbius then. How's that? Okay, no problem, no problem. All right. yeah, I'll crank it out. All right, sir. Appreciate you talking with the Riley and Kimmy show, and we hope to see you out and about in the very near future. And I will post where you're going to be right on our website, like for Free Comic Book Day and things like that. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you for your uh, continued support. It's been a great boost to my my morale, and uh, you all supported me all through the Kickstarter for Mandy and um, through my work uh, since we met. And uh, it's been it's been a it's been a great experience. And uh, I guess I'll meet you guys next time, like in a few weeks. Uh, that's right. We will be together. That's for sure. And I am going, by the way, before I leave here, i got to tell you, your Jay Garrick Golden Age Flash caught my eye when some people were filming through your portfolio. It's going home with me, a print of that. Oh, great. Well, yeah. I don't have a whole lot of sales with him, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was challenging for me to do it because I never drew the character. Well, no, I did draw him once before. It was a memorial piece for Harry Lampert. And Harry Lampert passed. I, I, I might make it a print itself. But it's just uh, it's the same character, and he's holding his helmet, and he's looking down. And then I got the graphic of Harry Lampert and his and his lifespan, and his birth year and his death year. And uh, but I do that. I did that mainly because on the background, it has a, like a dotted pattern like the old comic books. And I wanted to replicate that, and I was trying to give the illusion of speed, like the speed force that he goes through. Beautiful. So, so people seem to like it the way it turned out. Well, thank you, Sean. Thank you for talking to us, and thank you for the beautiful art. Oh, thank you, sir, and thanks thanks for Kimmy. And like I said, the shirts look great. I like the way they came out. I see you got the, the website on there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That, was a, that was a tricky thing, too. I never drew a microphone with a cape before. You so. did it. You did it. <laughs> it. Trust me, it's better than what I came up with. Yeah. You got a name for him, or...? Uh, no, I haven't named him. Oh, okay. No, I figure you're the artist. You know, oh. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I thought you would name him. You know, it's it's your baby there. You know. 
I'd say Soundwave, but that was taken. Uh, oh, okay. Captain Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Okay. But All right. Maybe Air Wave. I don't know. You know yeah. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at names. Yeah. You know, Mandy's not exactly imaginative. Oh, well, come on. Don't I knock call, yourself. I called her Mandy mainly because of the manatees. I named her because of the manatees in the story. So. Okay. So could have called her Manatee or Mantee. Or. Okay. Well, we will turn you loose, let you get back to the table here, let you get back to sketching. And we really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you real soon. Free comic book day. And we encourage everybody to come by and see Sean and uh, stop by and see him in the upcoming appearance. And we'll have more information right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Did it. You did <laughs> What a fantastic artist and just a fantastic person. Matter of fact, one of the individuals I consider a brother from another mother, you know, he got, he got the talent of the art. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't. I'm the caveman drawer. <laughs> and that is Sean Surface. And I'm I'm. You know, so I feel so lucky to know him and call him a friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, sketch that he gave us too today just about made me cry. It's so, so gorgeous. Yeah, unbelievable that he did this. I didn't know he was going to do the actual 1966 uh, Batman mm-hmm. and Catwoman and Robin because he asked me in all truthfulness about 48 hours before we saw him at Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee. He contacted me and he said, all right, Patrick, I'm going to do a sketch for you. Name two characters, you know, one for you and one for Kimmy. Quick, Mm -hmm. because I got to get doing this. And so I, you know, instantly thought, because you cosplay as Catwoman and I as Batman from time to time, I thought that'd be perfect, right? That's two. And so I wrote to him, I said, classic style Batman, meaning for me, meaning the Silver Age, pre-Neil Adams, the pre-gritty uh, Batman. And not necessarily the 66 Batman, because I, I don't want to force somebody to try to draw Adam West or capture that that style, that, that look. That wasn't my intent. Anything, you know, from like 1950-whatever to, you know, Neil Adams have been perfect. And here, you know, he gives me this uh, this this beautiful sketch, and it is in the 66 Batman style. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it uh, it, it uh, almost made me tear up as well. Yeah. And he he wrote a, a very autographed it and and uh, wrote a very very nice touching thing on it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's very special. Yeah, it it will be treasured forever. You don't have to worry about that one ever being parted. Matter of fact, none of our art uh, will ever be parted with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we regard them as treasures, all of them. And it is a treasure to see Sean surface. If you possibly missed, you know him at Coliseum. Um, he will be at other locations throughout Florida as Mandy gets ready to make her appearance, her debut, her, you know, walking on land. Um, and we will have those places and locations where he'll be. Uh, we'll keep you updated with that right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. He will be out and about on free comic book day. We will be with Sean Surface and other talented artists. I'd like to find out more about that, just go right to our website at RileyandKimmy.com. You know, one of the things I regret with our visit at Coliseum of Comics, Kimmy, is I did not get a chance to talk to Brendan. That's mm-hmm. Brendan Boyle. I didn't get a chance to also thank him for bringing Sean in. Um, we get to talk to Brendan just for a few seconds uh, before we sat down with the interview with Sean. Um, but I didn't get a real, real good chance to, you know, talk to him about Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee and his store. Now, it was actually our first time ever in that store. And what did you think about that, Kimmy? Very nice store. Yes. And I have a picture of their uh, their storefront. Uh, very impressive storefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's very nice. 
in a very nice location. Uh, great parking. Don't have to worry about you know any hassles with that at all. A uh, lot of stuff in that store. By the way, they've been around for a long time. Now, as you know, the, the I guess, flagship uh, Coliseum store in Orlando has been around for a long time, since the 80s. And this Kissimmee store, not this actual location, but its first location uh, became to be back in uh, May of 1990. So they've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, they moved to their current location. They have 5,200 square feet of retail and gaming space. And get this part, with a dedicated 2,000 square feet to table and card game play. Mm. That is a lot. That's some... That's actually more than some stores, I think, Mm -hmm. Uh, comic book stores, that is. Not all of them, but some of them, I think that might be, or darn close to their their store size. Mm -hmm. Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee is the place to play the Central Florida Gaming Center. And we saw that for sure when we visited Sean's Surface. There was a lot of gaming activity going on, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, a ton of it. And I I think there was people actually learning for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was you know the masters of the game, and then a lot of uh, newbies and mm-hmm. novices uh, all playing. So it's kind of cool seeing that. And you know what? The thing that really touched me was seeing adults with their children playing. Mm-hmm. This was a great opportunity for the family to get together and do something together. And you know that's that's a really cool thing. Yeah. So that's a reason to head to the comic book store. To any comic book store, by the way, family thing, not just gaming, but also comic books. And with a lot of movies that are just around the corner and TV shows and superheroes pop up, you know, it's an opportunity to uh, go back to the rich history and stories that are involved in, you know, the silver screen or on the silver screen and in movies. You could do that at Coliseum of Comics in Kissimmee or at other comic book locations. And if you don't know where a comic book shop is near you, we have a comic book shop locator right on our website, which is RileyandKimmy.com. And by the way, uh, be sure to check out our website from time to time. We keep you updated where we'll be. Matter of fact, we, uh, you know, we'll say, hey, we're going to be at such and such location, and we'd love to see you at those places we'll be. You can become part of the Riley and Kimmy Show when you're you know, out and about with us. We'd love just to talk nerd. And matter of fact, if you're shy, if you're a little too shy, and you say, I don't want to be part of that, uh, that episode thingy, that's okay. We can talk about nerd without recording at all. All geek stuff, freak stuff, everything pop culture, all escapism is what the Riley and Kimmy show is all about. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts.